Happy Friday, and welcome to a new episode of This Week in Apps, a weekly no-fluff data first roundup of interesting news and trends about mobile apps and games. Ariel from Figures here, and I have five highlights for you today. And we'll open with Apple. Apple. Apple quietly rolled out a small change with an interesting impact a couple of weeks ago. They made it possible to rate the apps that come pre-installed on every iPhone and iPad, like Mail and Calculator and FaceTime and all of those. Now, ratings have become a really great barometer for app quality, and they're also a deciding factor in app store optimization, which makes them pretty important. And that's why a lot of developers, both small, big, and everything in between, are paying attention to their average. You, if you're a developer, you're probably doing that too. So I was curious which apps that Apple makes are most loved and which are most hated, and if people actually love every app that Apple makes or not. I know I have my, uh, my feelings regarding some of those. So it was time to look at it. We're about 10,000 ratings in globally, and I decided to do some accounting. There are 28 apps that I was able to find that have ratings and come pre-installed and actually matter. And those totaled the 9,709, almost 10,000, worldwide, not just in the US. The average across all of those is just 3.4, just 3.4 stars. And they range between 2.2, which is the lowest, and 4.1, which is the highest. And hint, or gist, or just a quick tip, there aren't that many in the four range. There are more in the two range, which is crazy. Can you guess which apps fall into the two range and into the four range? I'll give you a second to think about it. Well, <laughs> Translate, which is an app I think no one really uses. Or if you use it and you like it, leave a comment. But I don't think that's an app that's useful by people. It feels like an experiment. It's the most hated pre-installed app. It's got a 2.1 star average with 693 ratings. So that's about 7% of all the ratings Kind of crazy. So people really hate it with passion. And I don't use it. Again, I don't think anyone does, but apparently 700 people really hate it. Contacts earned the most love with a 4.1 average, but just 159 ratings. So people are just getting the hang of it. Mail, podcasts, news were all rated under three stars. So they're all two point something. While FaceTime, tips, that's right, that yellow icon and Find My, which I always felt was missing something, and Voice Memos have a four plus rating average, and those are the only apps that go beyond four. The question is, why did Apple do this? No one has asked for it. I don't think anyone cares about it, really. So I think there are two options. One, it could be a regulatory move because of all the things that have happened to Apple recently. They want to make it seem like they're playing in the same, just like everyone else. They're playing by the same rules, and they're following the same rules, maybe. It's also possible they really care. Ratings are just such a good way to know what people think. And sure, you're going to get trolled, and we know a bunch of apps have been trolled before. But ultimately, over time, over hundreds of thousands of ratings, you'll get an idea of whether people really, really hate this or whether people really, really like this. And it's the kind of thing that you don't need to read. You just know. And so maybe they did it that way. Regardless, I have a feeling that it's going to have some sort of an impact on App Store optimization. And I think that might be the real reason because it will give Apple Apple's apps the ability to rank more naturally. Now I feel like something is hard coding them in, and this is going to make that end. All of those are possible. All of those are interesting, and I will continue to keep an eye on this because obviously it's interesting to see what people love and what people hate. Now, I linked to a full list of all of the apps that I looked at and all their star ratings and all their counts in the comments. So if you want to read that, uh, check it out, and you'll see all the apps as of yesterday, I believe. Next up, 
Hulu. I look at a lot of streamers and I look at streamers all the time. It's an area that obviously I like. And I think I say this every week when I do this. HBO Max and Disney took the world by storm. And by storm, I mean, they just make money. They bring in the cash. But there is another player that's been around for even longer and is just continuing to grow consistently. And that's Hulu. Hulu has been the third top-ranking app in revenue for in the US for as long as I can remember. It's been around long enough that it came out, I think, just a little bit before or after Netflix, but in the same year. Netflix, right? So um, the reason that we don't hear about it, I think, is because it doesn't really do a lot with original content. Sure, it does have some original content, and more so now than it did before. Back in the day, it was only TV shows and some movies that don't always work, in my experience. But now they're doing a lot more content, original content. And that's giving them a lot more money because that's what people want these days. In September, the streamer saw its largest growth by absolute numbers in its entire existence. According to our estimates, Hulu earned $19.4 million in net revenue in the US, and that's in the App Store only. It earned $16.6 million in net revenue in the US App Store in August, and that was already higher than July's 15.8. So I threw a lot of numbers on you, but the idea is they're making a lot more money. They made a lot more money in September than they did in previous months, and those were also high. And I think really it's because of original content. I think the name of the game is original content at this point. Loads and loads and loads of original content. We see that from Disney. We see that from HBO. We see that from pretty much anyone who's trying to compete. We see it from Netflix, who I'm going to talk about next. And now it's kind of just a, a requirement, a necessity. And I think those who get it and those who do it well will be able to be successful. And those who don't will just continue to exist. The real question, I think, here is not just who's going to do content, but it's the difference between TV original content and series kind of content and movie kind of content. And I have a feeling, at least based on my experience, they are used or consumed differently for different reasons at different times also. And so we'll see if it's worth it and if the two give the same return because Hulu is more, to me at least, in the TV space than it is in the movie space. It's getting there now and it's doing a lot of work both on the original series and the original movies. And I think that's uh, in part why it's, why it's growing, but we'll have to see if that's something that can turn into a trend or if that's just what's happening now because it's the end of summer and everyone just wants to watch something and we're still kind of stuck at home. So while we're on the topic of streaming and content, my next topic is Netflix. Netflix has been doing original content for forever. It's kind of like almost the original content creator on streaming, not before that, obviously. And if you remember, Netflix has been around for, what, 12 years now? And if you remember two or three or four episodes ago, I mentioned how it's facing so much competition these days that is trying to pivot, not pivot, but expand into the world of gaming, which I think has little to do with streaming. Sure, the intellectual property, all those things that they do in their original content, that makes sense to turn into a game, but why would they have to do it? And I actually wrote about it, and if you want to see what I wrote about it uh, a few weeks ago when I talked about it, check the notes again, or the comments. Comments? Check the details. Check the description. In any case... A few weeks ago, they released a new series of original content, and they had the most downloads in a single day this year, a few days ago. That was last Sunday. Last Sunday, Netflix was downloaded 743,000 times globally across the App Store and Google Play, according to our estimates. 
And this is a new milestone. Their previous milestone this year was 663,000 downloads. And that was back in January, January 2nd, actually, which was a big weekend because the weekend of New Year's is always big. Downloads slowed down since, since two weeks ago when it had this new peak. But it's still kind of higher, I guess significantly, not just kind of. It's about 50% higher on average than other days before it, which I think is great news because Netflix is kind of the original streamer. It's the original, the, the starter, the Kickstarter of original content. And it's been cranking out so much original content that it's hard to tell whether they know what they're doing or they're just trying to appease everyone and whatever sticks, sticks. Regardless, when there's a show that actually sticks, that's good news for them. Um, I read an article somewhere where Netflix said that's potentially their biggest show ever. And they've had really great and big shows. So that means a lot. And I think that's also going to help them as they head into the development game, the game development game, that is. Because it's, again, original content. Games that succeed are games that are original that brings something that's a little bit more than just a copy and paste of something else. We'll see how, that, how they do with that. Next up, completely different topic, math. Like most things, tutoring is moving in-app. I've been talking about how everything is moving in-app over the last few weeks. So I'm not going to repeat it here. I'll wait a few sentences at least. But PhotoMath has been kind of the clear leader in math tutoring on the App Store and on Google Play at least. And for a very, very, very long time. Demand for it has been pretty strong and it's been growing steadily over the years. But that's kind of the downside of having a good market and not, not much competition and steady growth you get competitors, and that's what happened. There's another app, Neo-ish, was released earlier this year or later in, uh, in December of 2020 called Gothmath. I think that's how you pronounce it. I looked it up. I think it's supposed to say new knowledge. I could be wrong on this. Point it out if you think that you know better at this. So they rolled out at the end of 2020, and growth was very minimal, very, very, very minimal. But lately, they've been really starting to take off. They took off and had a major spike over the summer when more kids were at home and I guess didn't have access to teachers or anyone else who can help them with math. And math is kind of a tricky subject. So if there's an app that you would need or if there's a service that you would need to help with that with a topic, that topic would have to be math. And now this app is challenging PhotoMath. So you have these two tutoring apps that are competing and kind of created its own, in a way, competitive market. In September, Gothmath, with, again, I think that's how you say it, added 3.4 million new downloads worldwide across both platforms, according to our app intelligence. Photomath added to 5.5 million. But it's actually a little bit more granular than that because if you look at the last week, you'll see that they're matching up. And so they're in direct competition. I looked through our ad intelligence and Gothmath is definitely running ads and they're running them heavily. And that's leading to more downloads, obviously. But at the same time, just because you run ads doesn't mean you're going to get traction or get downloads or get engagement. And the fact that they're getting these downloads and engagement is a good sign, which means there is demand. So I think even though the total numbers for September are not that high for Gothmath in comparison, October is going to be a much, much, much different game for them. And I think if, if you're a Photomath, you really have to think about, hmm, someone's trying to take my, trying to take my bottom line here. What do I do? So I would closely follow their trends. And in general, I think it's a, still an area that has few apps that are competing. Because this is happening, I completely expect to see more apps that are doing the same thing. And if this does take off, 
more apps that are trying to do tutoring because access to teachers and access to education in general, because more kids are learning from home and more kids are home in general, I said general many times, uh, because of all those things, you run into just, it's tougher to solve problems. Math is an easy one to get confused with. I'm sure there are more, maybe not as easily, but if this becomes a trend, then apps that aim to do that will become more popular. So I see this entire field becoming more competitive. And lastly for this week is kind of a continuation from last week. Last week, I looked at the latest release from Pokemon, Pokemon Unite. It was too new, so we didn't really have that much to talk about in the form of numbers. So we looked at ranks, if you remember. But we're about a week in, a little more than a week in, and now we actually have numbers. And they're a little bit more interesting than what we saw at launch, or at least what I expected to see at launch. And by interesting, I mean they're higher. I looked at, I started by looking at downloads. Since its release, Pokemon Unite was downloaded more than 6.1 million times. And that's between last Sunday when it was released and this Sunday, according to our estimates. India led the way of all places, followed by the US and Brazil, but it's actually pretty standard, so normal. Moving on. Revenue looked a little different. In its first day, Pokemon Unite brought in about 97,000 in uh, revenue from US and Japan. And those are the two largest market by far. I'm not even going to talk about others because they're too small. And they grew every day. They ended the same period almost double at $199,000 of net revenue on, waste, on Wednesday from these two countries. Now, it's weighted a little bit more heavily towards the US than Japan, but they're almost, almost as big. And this is after Apple and Google take their cut. By Wednesday, the game had earned about $1.25 million from those two countries combined, so they broke a million. And again, I kept the focus on the US and Japan because those are the two major ones. Now, the reason I bring this up again is because initially when we looked at it last week, I said that changes to the game they made some changes to the game to make it so that you don't have to spend money in the game for it to be success for you to be successful, for you to win. And I thought that would have a negative impact on revenue. And I think to an extent that's still true. Sure, they made a million bucks and that's a good number, but we're talking about Pokemon. We're talking about a brand that is not the kind of brand that just happened yesterday. And a million bucks for them is really not that much money. So I think the and if you look at the distribution of revenue, we don't see a lot of revenue from India, even though it has the most downloads. We don't see a lot of revenue from Brazil, even though it's up there in the top five, but we just see it from the US and from Japan. We didn't even make that um, number of downloads all the way up high. So I think ultimately the change they made definitely did hurt revenue. It will probably also increase engagement and keep people in the game for longer. And if they will try to monetize in any other way through ads or through some sort of upsell of something else that I can't think about right now, I'm sure that will be much more beneficial. But we can definitely see how little changes can make a huge impact on the bottom line. It doesn't mean that they can't undo them in the future or introduce a mode where it's more necessary to pay without feeling like you're jibbed. So they have a lot of opportunities. I think they are nowhere near maximizing those opportunities. But on that happy note, I will say happy Friday. Hopefully you enjoyed all the insights. If you want to get insights on any other app or game out there, whether it's a competitor or your friends, head on to figures.com slash intelligence. I'll see you next week.